Welcome to Meeple to Meeple, uniting players around the world. A 30-minute exploration of PJ and Gareth's board game experiences from across both sides of the Atlantic. Each episode, they share their thoughts and opinions on the world of board games, including their favourite themes, games, hot topics, and much, much more. Welcome to episode 30, BGG Top 25 in Focus, Cream of the Crop. Gareth, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm great. Now that I get to see you, this is amazing. I'm so, excited. So yeah, if anyone who is listening to the podcast, we have turned on video recording this week. So you'll find this in a channel somewhere once we've worked out where we're going to publish it. So um, welcome to episode 30. So um, this week's topic has been selected because anyone who's probably been looking at Board Game Geek or is aware of the ranking system on Board Game Geek, which is a very popular uh, web location, a website for board game enthusiasts. Yes, there's indeed. been a few. Um, there's been a dethroning of a game that I think's been in place for the last. I'm going to say five years, but it 2017. May be. Wow. So far, yeah, six years nearly. Yeah, at least five years. So, um, so Gloomhaven has been knocked off the top spot and has been replaced by Brass. That's got into first place, but not only that, Gloomhaven's dropped to third place. Now, some people might say that there's been a bit of, um, what's the word? <laughs> Vote rigging going on. A little um, bit. Or uh, or terrible scoring of ones and tens as the two tribes, the Brass yeah. Birmingham lovers and the Gloomhaven lovers, have either scored a 10 for their most loved game or a one. Review bombing, that's the word I'm looking for. It has definitely been a contentious week between the two camps right yeah. yeah if you care though because the board game geek rankings obviously is just a person's view exactly some of the scores are great but we thought we'd maybe share i guess our thoughts on how we rank those board games or not those games but how we rank games and what makes right. a good game and then we have both gone through the top 25 and found five games between us that we both have and we're going to reveal what i've scored them and you're going to reveal to me what you've scored them and see how different our opinions are. Uh, and we neither of us know uh, those scores yet. So we'll find out right. um, just how much this relationship falls apart. <laughs> when I've scored it at one and you've scored it at ten. I, I don't know that we're going to survive the first game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm not sure we are either. Um, so uh, if you want to hang around, we're going to talk about Gloomhaven. Uh, I think we're going to talk about Brass quickly. Uh, then Gloomhaven, uh, Star Wars Rebellion, which is at rank number nine currently. Uh, Scythe, which is at 16. Yep. 17, Castles of Burgundy. Yep. And then number 18, we've got Nemesis. So we're going to talk about those five games. And then uh, as it would be remiss of us not to talk about Obsession, that's in the top 100, we will talk about that as well towards at the end. Number 89. 89. Boom. I think last yeah. time we spoke, it had got to 100. So yeah. Yep. Climbing up those ranks. So anyway, so what, what's your thoughts on so, this ranking drama? It's it's entertaining. <laughs> it's been really interesting to watch because since I started paying attention to Board Game Geek, Gloomhaven's always been at number one, mm -hmm. right? Um, and now it's been dethroned, and I think it was dethroned for like a couple of hours by brass birmingham i think it's important that we make that distinction as well yeah um because that's a subsection of this discussion right is there's two brasses so brass birmingham overthrows gloomhaven and then a few hours later gloomhaven comes back to the 
the vote bombing or whatever review. I forgot what you just called review it. bombing. Review bombing. Um, so it was a little back and forth, and now Brass Birmingham has securely taken the number one spot with with Pandemic Legacy season one at number two. Just kind of like if you stay out of the fight, you just get to be in second place by default, which I really I enjoy that a lot. Um, and then of course Gloomhaven's at number three. Um, mm. So it it brought up the question when we were talking about uh, this episode and how we're going to prep for it is like, okay, so all of this is subjective. Why? I mean, I guess it's a testament to our community, but it's also a negative too. I think um, the passion, how passionate gamers can be, whether it's for good or bad. Um, and I think there's room either way mm-hmm. um, is like, how do they make that distinction? Cause the other, my first question is why care? Gloomhaven and Brass Birmingham are such vastly different games. I would never make this comparison, right? Like, why do I have to choose? Because I happen to like one and I also like the other. And they're they're just so different. So and, and yet there's it's it's drum up so much passion that people are like actively voting and reviewing and trying to keep it in the, you know. You know too what much I'm time on their hands. Yeah, too much well, time. Okay, Seriously. fair point. Fair point. Um, um, but it's interesting to think about. To be yeah, fair. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, when I first started using Board Game Geek, I think it was Twilight Struggle was number one. I think, and then Pandemic rose to the top, and that was sat there for a while. Which is now sitting number two. And you say Gloomhaven uh, rocked up five or six years ago. Um, it's yeah, it's just like a it feels like a tribal thing. It's like I mean, I can't imagine though that, or maybe that maybe it can't be straight down the middle that everyone who plays Gloomhaven doesn't play Brass and everyone who plays right. Brass right. doesn't play Gloomhaven. And then certainly when I've done the rankings, I was just looking now. So obviously one to ten actually has a definition. Ten being outstanding, always want to play and expect this will never change. So that game is like. If someone says, I'm going to play it, do you want to play Gloomhaven? Yes. However, Gloomhaven isn't the sort of game you just go, oh, fancy game of Gloomhaven right now. Right. It it, it requires time and investment and group and a group that wants to play. Right. Whereas Whereas, Brass, we could just throw it on the table right now. Yeah. So I kind of get that uh, Brass could could be a 10. Right. But um, And then a 1 is defines a description of a game. You won't catch me dead playing this game. There's got to be some Gloomhaven fans who play Brass. If we're being purists on right. the scoring, uh, apart from that, it's just a childish. Let's see. Let's see who's um, got the better game. Based anyway, on yeah, based on that drama. Oh yeah, no, totally. The, based on that description of a number one, uh, you know, a one ranking. You and I should talk about that one day. I think that should be another episode. I, I, so I, I've I've only looked this afternoon through the top 100 and what I'd scored right. stuff. Um. Have I ever but, scored anything one? Yes. I don't, I don't know. I yes. What have yes, I, I have. One? You have. I, don't, I, don't, I have. I'm going to have to look through the, through the now, geek and see was, what I can was, find. It's not Brass or Gloomhaven. I, it's a completely different game, and that's a totally different topic for another day. But, um, you know, so the other thing that's interesting to me, my second question, right, besides why do I care these two games don't compare, they're so different, my second question is, why brass birmingham and i think that's a more valid question 
and, and no one's talking about it. I also think I'm more intrigued by the breakdown or the separation between Brass Birmingham, which came out in 2018, and it's number one. Even the original right? Brass came out. But, but Brass Lancashire came out in 2007, and it's sitting at a rather humble number 20. So we could talk about it because it's in the top 25, but that's a huge disparity between two games that are ultimately the same. And so if you I, haven't, if you haven't guessed, I am a Lancashire fan. Yeah. See, I sold my Lancashire and I'll yeah. go Birmingham, you know, who knows so, that's an episode in its own right as well. No, but I, I think, agree. Um, I, I never played the original brass, so I haven't, I can't really comment on, I, I think brass Birmingham was just streamlined and more accessible. Which is why I think it's higher than Lancashire. Hmm. Interesting. But feel free in the comments to let me know that I'm wrong or what I misunderstood about Brass Birmingham. I mean, what else you got? Ark Nova. I mean, that that's relatively new. Yep. You've yep. got Twilight Imperium, which really is quite niche. It is, and um, has hit several iterations. Right, it's in its yeah, fourth, that's the fourth edition. Fourth edition. You got Terraforming yeah. Mars. Terraforming Mars. Haven. I guess. I guess the one to watch would be Frosthaven. So yeah. that's that's the sub. I think yeah. I think you're you've hit onto something. So it was eventually Gloomhaven was eventually going to fall, right? Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be replaced by Frosthaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're finishing up painting the starting miniatures for Frosthaven, and I was thinking about this relationship between the two, and it's like so I I can see because we haven't played it yet. I mean, and only a few people have posted and shared their plays and their experience of Frosthaven uh, so far. So as a seasoned Gloomhaven fan, um, when I engage in Frosthaven, am I just going to be, because I know people have Gloomhaven fatigue, will we be fatigued and be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to keep going? Or will it reinvigorate us? And will we then start reviewing it on BGG and will it rise to the top very quickly? Or is it going to stay in the bottom because, mm. people, you know, so that's another question too, that impacts the decline of Gloomhaven. And I think we're going to see Gloomhaven fall even further in the I next few weeks. Yeah, possibly. I think whether Frosthaven rises as rapidly in a world where, there's rising living costs, so maybe not quite as accessible because Gloomhaven was relatively expensive at the time. I'm going to say about 70 or 80 pounds mm -hmm. UK side, but now you know, Frosthaven is not cheap. No. So have you got, is, is it accessible? I know, I know they sold a ton of copies and I see well, landing, but I don't, and, I don't know. It'd be an interesting one to watch. Frosthaven broke the records on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. right? That's right. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Massive, massive records. So, um, okay. So Gloomhaven right that is our number th that's number three um it's uh so what did you score gloomhaven i scored it a one no i didn't, no, I didn't. No, <laughs> it wasn't me it wasn't me so so uh this game is uh, so i previously owned this i sold my copy on um i've scored it a four. Oh, and i'll explain oh. in a minute why oh, what did hurts. you score it that hurts i scored it at an 8.5 8.5 yeah I love Gloomhaven. Again, it's not a 10 based on the description, right? Yeah. It, it's a long-term commitment. Also, my perception of Gloomhaven is skewed because we got it just before the pandemic. So our little pandemic bubble during 2020 
and 2021, we were able to get together because we yeah. were all being safe and everything. So we had a group. Uh, and so we were able to commit the time and breeze through Gloomhaven. But I've played through Gloomhaven twice, start to finish. So I, I really enjoyed it to play it twice. That's a huge commitment in and of itself. But um, that's why it's not a 10. I gave it an 8.5. I think it's mm. currently sitting at, what, 8.401 is its current rating right now? Yeah, 8.40. So, yeah. Um, but you did not enjoy it nearly as much, and you not, gave it a No, I did enjoy it. So we started playing it with a friend who, unfortunately, moved all the way to New Zealand. So that didn't help the Gloomhaven uh, group. Okay. And then it just sat on the shelf. Um uh, compared to now, we didn't have a group like we have today. So m maybe my views were different, but when the group are together, we like to play variation. Right. So it's not a game I go. I mean, I, don't, I just don't. Get, I don't want to get invested in. And I mean, a four is not so good. It doesn't get me, but I could be talked into playing it once in a blue moon. But if I've got fixed amount of time every week to play games, I'm not knocking. I get it. I enjoyed it when I played it, but actually it's there's other games i mean there's many many more games out there yeah so it got scored a four and i haven't edited these so i looked and went oh <laughs> it, at least it wasn't a one <laughs> all I can say. <laughs> it was me so it's got a four um yeah okay and I, didn't right. back, I and i didn't back i didn't back frosthaven and of course and, i did so yeah yeah. Uh, yeah so i knew i knew the first one was going to be an interesting one for to, compare and contrast. To be fair, I think if you're comparing just your yours and my difference in Gloomhaven, I also my wife loved Gloomhaven and was part of my group, right? So much so that when Frost came in, like there was never a debate. She told me we're backing Frosthaven when it comes out on Kickstarter. That's, I didn't get a say. That's the kind of partner you need in life. You are and backing it. it. Yeah. I, yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's fine because that's it's fine. great. Um, and we've been we've been watching it all the drama that the other thing too is i mean we could spend a whole episode just talking about the drama that unfolded through the whole campaign of frosthaven right but that's another story for another day but we stuck with it and now we're painting the minis and uh, we might actually get started next month in march which would be great i love the i love the dedication to not starting a game until the minis are painted yeah no we don't we do not play with unpainted miniatures. Like that's just, you know. <laughs> but I also, I also have a partner who's going to paint them. So, let's be fair. So, <laughs> moving on to Star Wars Rebellion. Yes, yes. So, um, 2016 by Corey Konitska. Um, number player. nine, number nine on Board Game Geek, and it's a two-player. I mean, you can play a team game. Never tried it. I haven't tried. I, I don't think I ever will. But as a two-player, I love this game. Love it. Like, um, so only play it with my daughter. And my wife is a non-Star Wars fan. If I, and generally any space themes. Eh, eh. But then actually yeah. she'll play loads of loads of games with space related. It must be the Star Wars theme. Hmm. But as a two-player game, I've never won this game because I always play the Imperials and my daughter always plays the Rebels. And she's brutal. That's it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So um, I need. I must try harder. That is interesting. Clearly, I mean, it's been close. Every game, Every game. is down to one planet away, or yep. I, I get to where she's want. She's just moved the rebel base. Yep. Um, as a storytelling, living, 
and breathing Star Wars, I guess that episode four ish, five ish timeline. Oh, yeah. It hits the mark every time. Every time. Um, and I scored this a nine. Did you? Yeah. So did I. Did you? I High did. Five. I did. Yes. Did you? Um, it's it's solid. It's a solid, great, you know, great two player game. Everything you said. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. Uh, just epic. The epic. only thing that, that could stop it being a nine is it's quite a long game. Three hours. Three hours. The time you open the box to you pick it up. Yeah. So that from from clean from start to finish, it's about three hours, which is great though because I got to play. But my usually it's when it. when my wife is working or mm-hmm. Kira's. Got, we got a bit of spare time. Yep. It's rebellion, and I'm like, yeah, let's so, lose a game. Yeah. So we both agree a nine, and it's at eight point one six, right? Yep. Currently at number nine, Star Wars Rebellion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number three. So we we. Went down the list a little bit because it was one of fun games that we both owned. So right. we get to number 16, which is Scythe from 2016. Jamie Stagmeyer, our dear friend. Yeah. Oh, Scythe is so good. Scythe is so good. Scythe is in my top five within my collection. Oh, wow. Okay. This would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. It's, it's not in my top nine, but I, I do like a game of Scythe. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it's one of the first games where, our, when we were introduced to it, it was just a beautiful experience, you know. Um, so that my wife was like, "We need to get this. Oh, we need to get the legendary box. We need the expansions. We need the insert. We need everything." Watch oh wait, place. now we're gonna paint all these miniatures. Yes, I mean, it's so good. We play it at two players, and we will just, yeah, huge table presence. But who cares? Got all the cool resources. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff to bling Love that it. ball game out. I mean, you got the worker placement. You've got it. It feels like because of the map, it feels like Risk. So you know, games like Risk, right, with the big maps, feel good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want to play on a big map, but Risk is a terrible execution. Yeah, yeah. But Scythe is so much better. I mean, you know, you, you can even avoid combat. Now, I think that was the thing that got both my wife and I is. We played Scythe and like there was no combat. Uh, or if there is combat, you don't take your units off the board. They just go back to your home. And, well, it's one of those things you have to explain to people. Because like you say, you open a box up and you set it up and people think mechs and hexes and war. Yeah. And actually, yeah. You, it's more of a deterrent yes. of war. I mean, you can yes. go aggressive if you want to. You can. So, um, yeah, we've got, got one friend who particularly who doesn't like playing it because... He he really thought he was going to be there fighting and lots of battling, and actually he spent a lot of time farming and you know gathering resources. Right. The bit I I mean, a bit I enjoy, which is a lot in a lot of Jamie's games, is that race element because the game starts to starts to build, it gets faster. People start acquiring the objectives. It does race, and suddenly it's boom. And it's like oh man, like and there it is. And there it is. So what did you score? I scored it at an eight point five as well. I could I gave it a seven point five. Okay, but only because I think in our group it's kind of four or five. We don't generally play it too, partly because it. I feel as if it's better with more players on the board. But that's the only reason he got it. So if it, if it, me and Carrie played it quite a bit, I think it would get an eight eight and a half. Yeah. So it's not a bad game. I lo- I love it. Yeah. But in terms of 
overall game collection, it's a seven and a half. I think I think the reason why it's still in the top twenty on BGG is that modular board that oh, makes yeah. it, that oh, makes yeah, the yeah. two player because now the board is smaller and more compact and oh. yeah, the, the modular board is awesome. Just, wind up, yeah, the whole components is typical. And uh, it is currently sitting gaming. in an eight eight point zero two on Board Game Geek, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're not, but so. neither of us are, are far off our kind of, yeah. I guess the the average. Um, Castles of Burgundy. So this mm-hmm. is a 2011 game. Um, now Step this game cold. we play. We play this two two players. I I don't even know if I've played it with more. I'd have to go and look at the stats. It won't be very often. Um, so this is dice rolling. Yeah, tile placement game. I'm trying to describe it. Um, that has well, it's currently on the back of a game found super deluxe upgrade with hexes and minis, which I have backed at full pledge level. Um, but we love this at two player, it's fast, uh, it's just the right mix of, I guess, dice with the luck, but you can mitigate some of that luck with, with the shillings i can't remember what they're called but you've got the the silver silver, silver yeah something whatever yeah yeah so yeah mm. so i yeah i'm a big fan of castle burgundy how about you not at I, all no. even as two player no um my wife loves it i hate it <laughs> i what? mean what 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 what's what's the so every time we play and, and because my wife loves it. So that's the other thing, too, is like if I would rate a game at a one or a two, if my wife loves it, it's automatically a six, right? Or something like that, you know? Um, yeah, it makes sense. And so it's like, I want her to be happy. She loves this game. So we're going to play it every single time, halfway through the game. I got a migraine. I'm miserable. I'm like, why are we playing this? Why did I agree to this? And there's not many times where this happens, but yeah, I just, I'm surprised. Well, and the other thing that frustrates me is that there are people who I love and who I respect, uh, yourself and others in the UK, who absolutely love this game at two players. And I'm like, what am I not? What am I not getting? I clearly I'm missing something. And uh, so I give it a go. You, you clearly are. Yeah. Every man to himself on which it is, he likes. We are selling it this year. We're getting rid of it because it doesn't hit the table because I don't like it. My cardboard so, version is is in the for sale pile i'm looking at it now because yeah. they obviously the so i think we i think it's got loads of expansions like it's been loads of like yeah. packs and extra tiles which i've managed to acquire over over the time but again this game was a we started playing in 2012 so this was really early on mm-hmm. so again it's probably a little bit nostalgic love for this game because right. we were we were just entering the world of board games in 2012 this and this got into our collection quite early on so again is new gamers and it was right. two player it worked a treat so yeah i scored it a um i can't see it i scored it an eight <laughs> and i scored it at a four there you go that's quite a good balance compared to you i mean consistent on the gloomhaven and yep uh, no absolutely right yeah i love it this um, one frustrates me because so many people enjoy it and i'm like okay wait a minute <laughs> right like but why am I not? Why am, yeah, why am I not enjoying it? Let and it I go. love, Let it go. I love, I love Feld. Feld's games are epic. We picked this up for cheap because the deluxe version had come out. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. So we got it late in our 
entrance into the hobby. So we had there's so many other games, and I'm like, I just my wife well, loves it. That's what I, needs I, the, the deluxe upgrade because it is. I mean, it's, most of Fells games look a little bit buh. Um, so, that is true. Yeah. So let's see what let's see where it ends up with the with the upgrade. So the final one of the five is mm. Nemesis 2021, mm. which we have uh, talked about on this show. Yeah. Probably a few times. Adam um, Kapinski, Awaken Realms. Yep. Love it. I'm just going to come out. I gave you a 10. Did you? I gave it a 9.8. Oof. I gave it a 9.8. I give it a 10 because every time we play this, I have a story to tell. Oh, yeah. Like whether it's ships being blown up and people waving goodbye to me or it's yes. that close encounter with the last alien before you've got rid of the nest. Mm-hmm. Every game tells a story. And that's what's so important to me. If that experience oh, yeah. of sat with a group of four or five of us can yeah. tell the story years and months afterwards, yes, that is a game that I'll happily play and will always have in my collection. Oh, yeah. I'll never get rid of it, right? Never. Um, this is a game where not only do we have the Void Seeders expansion, the Carnivores expansion, uh, the Aftermath expansion. We I just recently bought off of Etsy um, a 3D printed thing that holds the small cards, the item cards, and keeps it nice and neat. I bought one that keeps all the large cards nice and neat. I got the dashboard for the intruder, ma- the intruder mat and all the tokens. So... Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, why didn't I rank it as a 10? Because there's one game. <laughs> there's one game that hits the 10 mark that I would play more than Nemesis. Not by much. But yeah. Let's, let's see what that is in a minute. So, yeah, um, so that's our, that's the five that we match. Obviously, there's loads more. We could talk so, about this for hours. So and I think at some point, we'd, we, we could need to do our board game. We should need to do our top, top 100 at some point. Here's the question for you, though. So you ranked it at a 10. I ranked it at a 9.8. Um, it's sitting at 7.97 and at a humble number 18 on Board Game Geek. So what is it that we know, you and I, that we need to tell the world to get Nemesis to I jump? Th- I think it's gaming group. Gaming yeah. group, time. I mean, thematically, space and aliens, mm-hmm. that's probably not engaged some right. of the gamers. I think there's quite a bit of. See, these are Kickstarters, weren't there? A couple have been a couple of editions. But you could see so, it in retail. You see it yeah, in retail now. It's, it's not. It's not cheap, is it? A retail. It's no. It's not. It's, it's not. a game that I ignored for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, probably because of the gaming group, and I just went, oh, it's miniatures on the board. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, come remember who was talking to me about it, but I was like, okay, I'm going to get this. So, and then it's ranked, you know, it's gone up my ranking rapidly yeah. in, two, in the last what, 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Two years. Two years, um, two years. So here's what I think is interesting it is, it is semi cooperative. So if you love trader mechanics, uh, that's a good point. The trade's a bit, it's there. Yeah. Com- not um, conflict averse people right? may not enjoy this, but it can be 100% cooperative. Yeah. But it's not if, as fun. If you like co op, right. And then there's, I mean, again, like I said, semi-co-op, right? So there may not be a trader mechanic. And then it's not a true trader mechanic. You know, it's got a blend of it all. So I feel like it appeals mechanically. The game appeals to a wide audience. And you shouldn't let the miniatures intimidate you. They're just beautiful on a board. You're And it's it's tile flipping, so there's exploration and just, oh, 
I think so it might, I think it might be a traitor mechanic, even though his co-op is okay. Right. It oh shines. no, co-op is great. No, it co-op. shines shines co-op. with that traitor. Oh, I disagree. Oh, I disagree. Because that's the why other it's thing, 0.2 different. No, yeah. The other thing too is if you play fully cooperative, that means that the ship survives. You can then play aftermath. Oh yeah, of course. That, and yeah, that yeah, epilogue yeah. feature. So it's like you get to play the full still game. Still not then, tried that. Still not oh, tried that. Still not tried so it. Good. Okay. So every week we add in uh, a little extra. Um, and this week we've gone for a game that we have talked about. I, I reckon th- 28 of 30 episodes we've mentioned yep. Obsession. Yes. So it would be it'd be not remiss of us to not talk about Obsession, which is now in the top 100. Um, Sitting at number 89. 89. Now... This is a 10 for me. 10. 10. This, this is your 10. I'm, this is my 10. Listeners, I haven't got many 10s. So there's, no. you know, 10 is hard to get. But Obsession sits there. It's really a does. mix of the thematics, the design of the game, the components. The story. Dan, the designer, gets a 10 for just being Dan, the most Absolutely. open, accessible oh. designer that I've ever had to privilege to speak to or yes. work with um, or engage yeah um yeah it just deserves to have more love and i hope it continues to rise up into that top 10 i completely Great, I believe agree. it blinks yeah yeah no absolutely if you haven't if you haven't checked it out again when it first got released on the first kickstarter i was like oh it's some english downton abbey if you know who that is yeah. um kind of game uh that's not my thing but Man, it's so not that, but no. it's so is. But it is. It, but, but it, it is. is. But it isn't. But it, it is. isn't. It's a wonderful tile action card playing oh. game that um, has been so well balanced. So well um, and an amazing solo version too. See, I've not played solo, but you're a huge I, fan of the solo. This is this is a game that I will play solo in a heartbeat. You know, mm. if, my, if my wife's going to be busy painting minis, uh, just so I can be, you know, so we can be together. I'm going to sit at the table here and I'll That's why it's 10. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because, yeah. So some sort of oh. games just don't get interest from me. It's, so. it is solid. It is epic. Dan is great. Like you said. Yeah. This and there's ex- expansion coming. Yep. There's some awesome pin badges, enamel badges. There's t-shirts. Yeah. Check it out. Brand Gotta up. do it. Obsession. obsession. I said I should get a t-shirt made. Okay. So with that, we shall wrap up another episode of Meeple to Meeple. Thank you, PJ. Thank um, you. If you're listening, please like, follow, subscribe uh, to our channel so you don't miss a future episode. And we'll Absolutely. be back very, yep. very soon. Thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe. And as always, we love to hear your thoughts and ideas. So make sure to leave those in the comments. And don't forget, you can also chat with us both on Instagram at meeple to meeple.